Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Hey, Paratruthers. This week's episode is brought to you by our patrons over on Patreon.com forward slash Paratruth. With their help, we are continuing to bring amazing new content to our listeners every week. So if you feel the urge to donate, head on over to Patreon.com forward slash Paratruth, where you can just donate only a dollar and get some amazing rewards for your donation. Go check it out. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views. And it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? Hey, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of Parachute Radio. My name is Eric. And a bonus episode. I'm Justin. That it is. A bonus episode. Because today, well, actually, I just had something to talk about. Something I wanted to bring up to you, Justin. Uh, and I thought it'd be good to just record it. Like, why not? Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. I know I mentioned it like uh, through text uh, yesterday or two days ago, whatever it was. Uh, but... Then we start with a little story about how I came to this thought. And I, I know it's not an original thought, but it's still something that I didn't necessarily think much about. So for the last couple of weeks, I've been playing the new God of War video game. Now, have you played in any of the God of Wars? Uh, I think I only played the first one. Okay. So this is the only one I've ever played, which is fine because I don't know much about North, Norse mythology. So it's kind of interesting to play uh, greek i know all that well yeah it um, started out as greek mythology right um so here we are in this new one it's, there's norse mythology and of course we have odin and thor and all the children and things like that and as i'm playing through this game i meet uh the world serpent uh it's hard to pronounce his name it begins with a j i'm not even going to try it because i'll bur- butcher it but it's a really long weird name so the world serpent, it's this serpent that was bore by uh, uh, Loki, is one of Loki's children. Uh, Loki has three children, and the one is the world serpent, the other is Fenrir, and the, which is a wolf, mm-hmm. and the third is Hel, which is uh, his daughter, and she ride, uh, reigns over Hel, basically, uh, put there by Odin. So as I'm playing this game and I'm thinking of the world serpent because the world serpent is probably like one of the coolest characters in the video game. I'm going around fighting these other creatures and demigods with an ax and the ax is called a Leviathan ax. So when I'm playing video games, sometimes I just think about things, I whatever fantasize about the games and about the, the, the worlds and things like that. And I start thinking of the world serpent. I start thinking of the Leviathan Acts, and then I start thinking of Leviathan from the Holy Bible. Mm-hmm. And I start thinking of the Behemoth, and I start thinking of giants, because there's a lot of giants in the game. And I start thinking of the giants of old. And I start thinking, well, wait a second. What if the Leviathan was a giant? Because God is very, he, he puts a lot of detail into 
the Leviathan in the book of Job. Uh, and I know there's a lot of speculation as to what Leviathan is. Uh, I think the modern day uh, perception is that it's a, a an ancient crocodile of some sort, uh, which possibly had like a gas chamber in its nose to allow it to breathe fire. Which, if you ever saw the pictures, that that's not they're they're all artistic rendering pictures. I don't know if you've seen them, Justin, but it's an interesting looking creature. It's huge, like four or five times the size of a modern day alligator or crocodile. Is there a specific name that they give it? Uh, there is. Um, let me look real quick because I can't remember the exact the exact name. You know, it's one of those weird long ones. Sarcosuchus. Yeah, the sarcosticus or whatever okay. imperator. Um, so roughly about 36 to 40 feet long. Um, and when you see it compared to even the other ancient crocodiles, it's significantly larger than the rest. Uh, so there's a modern belief that this crocodile is what the Leviathan was. And when you read the description of the Leviathan, it makes sense. Now, I don't know if it really was a crocodile or some type of dragon, but God talks about it leaving a wake in the mud when it moves, which we know crocodiles tend to, you know, walk in the mud or whatever. The bellies tend to slide across the top of it and, and all these different things. So is this crocodile possibly? Could this crocodile breathe fire? Possibly. But the crocodile isn't the point. The point is I'm thinking of these leviathans and I'm thinking of these giants, these ancient creatures back then, mm. which made me think of another giant, a giant that we've talked about several times over the over the years, and that is the giants known as the Nephilim. Now, why I began thinking about this is because as you're you're playing the video game and you're going through these different characters, uh, and f- at least for me, I began realizing like, huh, there's a lot of modern like or not modern, but a lot of con- uh, interconnection between some of these myth- the mythos. Greek mm-hmm. mythos uh, and, and the Norse mythologies and things like that in the fact that there is often parents that were gods. In this case, it'd be Odin or Zeus who had children that were also gods, which were, you know, Thor, for example, who then married a human woman or had a child by a human woman, which created a demigod. And then basically you just go on from there. And I started thinking like, well, wait a second, this is pretty much exactly what's happening in Genesis six. Basically we have these gods, the angels who come to earth, marry women have demigods. Cause that's where the Nephilim were. Many, you know, people just think of them as demonic hybrids, which they were, uh, at least from what we understand. Um, but they were demigods. That's what we as humans would have seen them as because right. angels are, God-like creatures. No, they're not God by any means, nor do they have the power God has, but they do have power that humans don't have. And as I was thinking about this, uh, I started realizing some things, or at least thinking of them. And I'm not saying like anything I'm about to say is something that I believe, but it's an interesting theory that I think we should talk about. Uh, just because, I don't know, I have no one else to talk to about it. So, <laughs> Justin, here you are. <laughs> and this is why I thought we should record it because maybe other people would like to hear it too. Um, but one of the things that I find fascinating is how throughout so many different cultures, there's these demigods that have been known as mighty men or heroes of men uh, and who were men of renown, which were basically famous for whatever they were doing. And when you look at the scriptures, God clearly says that the Nephilim uh, were on the earth in those days. This is uh, chapter 6, verse 4 of Genesis, by the way. And it goes on to say, and also afterward, 
when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. They were the heroes of old, men of renown. That's from the NIV. In the KJV, it says mighty men or men of renown. Um, and the idea here between the Hebrew words uh, mighty and heroes kind of represents the same thing that we as modern day people would think of a hero, people with superpowers. So this could mean that these Nephilim were either super strong, had some type of abilities, whatever they, they could have insight. So psychics type things. Mm-hmm. Maybe they had some type of actual power that can like magic or something. Who knows? There's so many things. But as I was thinking about it and reading this particular passage and going into uh, verse nine, where it talks about Noah and the flood, I began to realize something. And again, this isn't my opinion by any means. Uh, and it's just a thought. But so many people who study the scriptures, or maybe they don't study them. Maybe they just listen to what other people say. And that's what they base their opinions on. Because face it, you and I both know people, I yeah. think, <laughs> I, I do, um, who quickly judge the Nephilim as being evil mm-hmm. all the time. And I was thinking, well, here saying they're heroes of old and men of renown. Could that mean that maybe some of these Nephilim weren't actually inherently evil, but actually maybe were good? And I know, like, if I brought that up to anybody who was strictly against the Nephilim, there'd be a problem. They'd argue it. Right. And I'd simply ask, okay, well, where in the Bible do you see that all Nephilim are inherently evil? Because, yes, we see that there are Nephilim that are evil. We see it when Joshua goes into the into uh, battle with some of the uh, different um, cities and regions in the area, and they all had Nephilim. Um but that doesn't mean that they were all evil. But why are they so, considered evil when they were going to war with them? Okay, so here's the thing. Um, so God said, let, let me read this passage real quick, and then I'll explain mm-hmm. it a little bit. Um, let me see where I want to start. Okay, I want to just start from the beginning of 6 and read 6, 1 through 6, uh, 8, and then I'll explain it. So this short passage here. When human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not contend with humans forever for they are, for they are mortal. Their days will be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. They were the heroes of old men of renown. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe the face of the earth of the human race I have created and with them all the animals, the birds and the creatures that move along the ground for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes eyes of the Lord. So, Here's something that's very interesting, and this is things I found in my research and I kind of just understood reading this passage, is that God doesn't say, I'm going to destroy the earth because the Nephilim are upon it. He does not say that anywhere in this passage. He says, I'm going to destroy the earth because of the wickedness of the human race. Mind you, these Nephilim are angel-human hybrids or demon-human hybrids, which makes them what? 
not human. So the reason God floods the earth are for two reasons, I think. And I think this can be supported throughout scripture in various places. The first reason is that at this time, humanity was so evil. I mean, think about this. He said nothing but evil thoughts on their minds all the time. Mm. You and I can't fathom what that would be like. This is a time that was so desperate. Like there's, there's not an ounce of good anywhere. Like today we can look and be like, okay, there's good here. There's people helping there. Back then there was no help probably. Mm. These are people who only thought evil thoughts. These are people who purposely set out probably wanting to sleep with angels, angelic beings. These are creatures, not humans that they want to be with. You know, animals, not, not that the angels are necessarily animals, but we know that some of them shaped or look like animals, according to the scriptures. Mm. Um, but it's just, just this idea that they're doing these wicked, evil things. And then beyond that, and this is where it, it kind of comes into Satan's play, is why the angels came and married these women and had children by them. And this is more speculation than anything, but it's very possible that the angels didn't just see the woman as beautiful, but they had another plan. And that was to disrupt the original pure creation of humanity. Because in the beginning of Genesis, God says after Adam and Eve fell, that he was going to put an enmity between man and Satan. And he was going to redeem man from their sin. And that was in the form of Jesus Christ when he comes and redeems humankind uh, so that they can have a relationship with God again. But Satan probably, in, based on the scripture, could have said, well, if there's no human race, then there's nobody for God to redeem, which means he loses his best favorite creation and Satan gets the last laugh. So he implants the genome of the angel, which disrupts the entire purity of the humans. And that's why God sends the flood to destroy that impurity so that humankind can then flourish. Because the one thing that we notice here is that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Why? Does that mean he wasn't thinking evil all the time? Who knows? The fact is, are, humankind is sinful, no matter what. God is very clear on that. But one thing that we do notice, and God goes through the uh, family tree of Noah, every lineage, and you find that the Nephilim never corrupted that DNA, or so it seems, which means he was pure, at least in terms of humanity, not necessarily in the spiritual sense or you know, whatever. So there's a good chance here then that the whole reason the flood happened and the destruction of the earth the first time was to erase that corruption that the devil implanted into the, to the human nature. Yeah. Um, cause I think every time we've talked about it, uh, it's brought up that the Nephilim had a huge part in, in why God flooded the earth. Mm -hmm. And when you had brought this topic up to me, you know, we see corruption so much even today that even if there were Nephilim or, you know, giant people or whatever today, I mean, there's so much corruption in this day and age that, I don't think some angel human hybrids would be the worst of it. <laughs> We've already created such a huge mess ourselves. Um, so I've never put a whole lot of thought into it because 
I feel that I feel that that the Nephilim were they were pretty much the, just like humans. They have both the good and the bad. They have that choice to do one or the other. So, and if they were heroes, how are they all evil? Right. Well, and, and you know what? And there, here's the thing, because I asked the same question and of course there's different opinions on this. And one opinion, which of course comes from the Christian standpoint is that the, the hero part comes from the idea that because man was so sinful and these guys were the sinful of the sin, they were like sin in and of itself. They were then heroes of man because people worship sin. And when you think about it, in a sense, they do let's, let's get drunk. Let's get high. Let's go have sex and do this and do that. I mean, people are sinning all the time. And so they praise that sin when they do it or when somebody such as in this case, it would be the Nephilim who can do that and then take it further. Um, and again, that's that's a, a Christian perspective. I'm not saying all Christian perspective, but it's one version of it, uh, or perspective of it. So that's a possibility that, as to why they were heroes. But I like to think a little beyond that and outside of it and think, well, what if it was more like, I mean, we had these stories, you know, of Hercules and, mm. and uh, Perseus and things like that. You know, it's like, what if some of those stories are true to an extent? What if there were these Nephilim who were strong? And now, mind you, look at the the, uh, the pyramids. There are pyramids on seven continents, which is incredible because as far as we know and understand, according to our American you know, history, no one knew that America existed other than the Native <laughs> right. Americans. Right. So how did they come over. Now, of course, there's a whole idea of, uh, I can't think of the name, you probably know it, but back when uh, supposedly the continents were all one giant continent together and then slowly separated over time. Uh, there, I forget the name of what it was called back then. Pangea. Right. So Pangea, you know, so assuming that Pangea was real, that these con- our continents were all one giant continent. I mean, then that's possible that there'd be, there, there's a reason why there's seven continents i guess now that have pyramids because pangea was one and you can easily walk to you know wherever you needed to go but if they weren't if the continents were just as they are today then how did they travel so far unless they had some type of ability to do so which gives us the powers you know and now many christians out there uh who are into the paranormal and especially into the whole genesis theory uh or genesis 6 conspiracy i mean uh People believe that they're aliens, that they are what we see today, you know, flying around in spacecraft and stuff. And that's possible that they created these craft. Because uh, mind you, the Great Pyramids, they are created to such an extent that they cannot be replicated today. Mm. There is no machine, no man-made device, no scientific mind that can create the pyramids exactly as they are. The pyramids are so closely stacked together. From what I understand, one one hundredth of an inch separation between the rocks. The Great Pyramid has a concaved sides, which is just incredible because that's something you wouldn't think they'd be able to do back right. then. And then on top of that, each of these stones are so many tons. You can't pull tons and tons of weight using some ropes and pulley systems easily. You need somebody or something that's super strong, maybe stronger than elephants. And I know that's some theories that they always elephants that help pull this stuff together, which is fine. But then you have to place these things. Mm-hmm. So there must have been some type of gods or in this case, demigods who are capable of doing it because these demigods or these demonic human hybrids, 
which we've called Cambians in the past, mm-hmm. were also known as giants. These were people that were significantly taller than others. And there's supported evidence of that in archaeological finds that there were or seem to be human remains that are extensively large, upwards of 13 feet tall. And so is it possible that these creatures or whatever they were, were indeed these giants and were maybe some of the sources for the mythos that we have today in Norse and Greek mythology and so many other mythologies out there, which represent these demigods as these heroes. Yeah, it's hard to say. And I I, I feel that, I mean, the only way we would really know is if we were there, because I, think of it this way. I, and yeah, I get they weren't necessarily human per se because they how they were born. But um, look at humans today and somebody who maybe is fathered by let's say a serial killer it doesn't mean that they're going to become a serial killer themselves or even commit any crimes whatsoever but they could turn around and end up being a cop or being somebody who's a first responder who helps people so I mean I feel that your fatherage should not be shouldn't shape who you are now yeah depending on how you interpret that particular passage in the bible the heroes could have been heroes of sin i i get that i understand that but at the same time too maybe they were the heroes for those that weren't necessarily as corrupt I mean, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I mean, and I'm, and I'm glad you brought up the, the serial killer thing because I was going to bring that up too. Um, but it's it's interesting to me because, and I'm not saying that they weren't evil. There, there's plenty of scripture uh, that claims that some of these Nephilim or many of them were evil. Uh, but in regards to being heroes, I mean, yeah, they, they could be that they were heroes of people who weren't maybe... I don't know, I guess as evil, I, I don't know how to, how to measure evil when <laughs> right. I'm not there to measure it. But, um, these would have been people who possibly, cause I think many people claim that the angels, uh, or demons, which were the God, the gods, the false gods, uh, were the ones who taught people things. But maybe in reality, it was these Nephilim who taught people the magical side, the occults and things mm-hmm. like that, uh, who, had a connection with the gods that is the fallen angels who had the powers to then show, you know, of it. Cause obviously it's very clear to me that angels were able to come down in physical form to earth and marry women like humans. Uh, so that's, I think very clearly possible. Um, but I think the Nephilim may have helped in that connection because they became basically that, that, I guess that interconnection between two different races or species, angel and human. I mean, it's, it's like, okay, well, how does a human interact with an angel and an angel interact with a human? Well, let's put something in the between us that makes them, you know, kind of gives them both worlds. So here's something that's both angel and human. It can communicate the both sides in a different level and ultimately became their gods. 
many of these guys were giants. So maybe, and I think that's part of what was evil about humankind at the time is that they were worshiping the Nephilim and they were worshiping the fathers of the Nephilim and they were sacrificing animals and people and doing all these things to these Nephilim and to these other gods or these angels, um, which only helped in, you know, fueling God's wrath and destroying the earth. Right. Right. Yeah. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily. And then you had mentioned also, like, with, with Joshua, you would ask, like, well, why destroy? Because I know we talked about this in the past, and I've always questioned it, too, until literally, like, a few days ago. Why would God command Joshua to destroy an entire city and not just destroy a city, but kill all the men, the women, the children, the infants, the livestock, you know, all that. And when you look through the scripture and see where Joshua is going and what he was doing, he was always, at least for the most part, fighting against a city or society that bore Nephilim. There were Nephilim giants within that city, which means uh, and you'll see it in some of the descriptions of some of like the Philistines and stuff like that, that many of those people were descendants of the Nephilim, which means they all had angel DNA within them. Right. It and so Joshua was going pure, but it was a descendant. Right. right. And so God wasn't necessarily wasn't saying like, oh, I'm going to kill these people because I have the power to do that. But he was trying to clear the DNA lineage, because if he couldn't destroy them and get rid of the DNA of the angels on Earth, then where would we be today without salvation, without God and with you know, all that, like we could be a much more evil world today than what was back then. And like having this viewpoint now and understanding it makes me understand like why God would have did what he did in commanding Joshua to slay these particular cities. And of course the livestock people are like, Oh, why why the animals? It's just, again, it's one of those evil bears, evil, and good bears good. And back then, you know, if you got this evil corruption, whatever, tending to animals and all that stuff, it's more of a symbolism, like destroy everything that is of this to make a point that this lineage is of the devil. And we cannot have that. Otherwise, you're no longer human. You're not, you're no longer created in my image. You're created in the image of these devils. Right. Well, one thing that, uh, I've heard a comment or a theory is that not only were humans corrupted by the fallen angels, but animals were too. And not, I don't know if that means people are trying to say angels had sex with animals to get these giant animals and different things. Or uh, I've heard a lot of them say it was like an experiment or like a scientific experiment sort of a thing. So, um, I mean, that's possible, I think. I mean, there's nothing to suggest other like there's nothing that says it, that that didn't happen, you know. So speculation is free range. 
Well, and I, but the the Leviathan and the Behemoth are things that God made, right? Yeah, those things. Yeah, it's very clear that God created the Leviathan. And the, here's the one thing about Leviathan, for example, and probably Behemoth. I didn't really double check Behemoth, but Leviathan. It's interesting to me because when God talks about animals, He often talks about He talks to them in the sense that they're animals, like or by the names of the animals. Like He'll say, "Consider the lion or the ox or the okay. goat, the dove, things like this." But when He talks about Leviathan, He says, "Consider Leviathan." There's no "the" before it, which means He's calling it by a name. Which, in I mean, to me. That's interesting because it's possible that people are calling it Leviathan, but that would mean that maybe it's just one creature that had a very specific purpose and named by God. You know, like he didn't say consider the Leviathan, which would be a multitude of these creatures or an animal type, but Mm -hmm. instead a specific, you know, which I think is interesting. Right. And yeah. I think he does the same thing with behemoths. Like consider behemoth, not the behemoth. Because this is possibly one creature, which means it's a designated creation of God that was unlike any other creature. And Leviathan was, as far as Job is concerned, in the in the book of Job, was a creature that was uh unlike any other creature, human or otherwise, that was stronger and fearless and indestructible by anyone but God himself. Which, again, still could be that this creature was a crocodile of some sort. And maybe there's, you know, the whole uh, idea behind the the, the, the Leviathan uh, could be like that this is a creature that we all know, that you know. This is a crocodile. This is, you know, whatever. Um, but it also might not be. So, yeah, I mean, Leviathan, I mean, who the heck knows what the Leviathan is? Uh, people are like, oh, it's only uh, a symbol and that it's actually the devil because it's mentioned again. I, I believe from that mistake it's mentioned again in Revelation um, or somewhere around there. And it does regard to the devil. But that's not to say that the creature itself was the devil or the entire time was about the devil. I mean, it's very clear that God is talking about it as it's a real life, living, breathing creature that you can see, touch you know, hear all of that. So right. same with the behemoth. Well, the reason I asked that is because those are the two that are mentioned in the Bible that are gigantic in size mm-hmm. that would have been messed with per se, by, by the angels. I don't know if I've never seen anything where it says the specifics, like sometimes they're talking about like griffins, for example, half lion, half eagle, that mm-hmm. that was a a bastardization by the the fallen angels or any any of the Greek or or any other uh, creatures that even today Bigfoot a lot of people mm-hmm. believe Bigfoot is this weird hybrid creature some well, yeah well and and absolutely and here's the thing like when you when you read the scriptures and you see uh, God's purpose for all of kind, whether it's animal kind, human kind, whatever, it's to uh, reproduce per its kind or by its kind as well. So you shouldn't be having this intermix of species because that is against 
God's original purpose in creation. It's, it's an evil act. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, the possibility of the, some of these animals being, you know, experiments, uh, back then being these hybrids, like the Sphinx and other creatures, uh, and whatnot. I mean, it's very possible that that's exactly what that was. These are, these were abominations. And so the only way to fix that was of course, to destroy them. Uh, and again, I'm not saying that this is the, the fact, this is the thing about some of these past. I, I and I'm put emphasis on some because <laughs> you can't have leeway with all of the stories in the Bible, but some stories, especially those are, that are very limited in their telling. And in this case, the Nephilim, uh, we don't know much about them. So there's a lot of speculation behind them. And I feel like, like you and I have talked to, and not even really talked, but we've been subject to ridicule by people who disagree with us. And I, I remember telling you one time there was somebody in a forum who asked a question, like, "Is do symbols like can symbols inherently be evil? Mm. Uh, and what do you what are your thoughts?" And I was like, "Oh, well, this is something it'd be fun to interact with because I have my opinion." And after I stated my opinion, I was immediately jumped upon by a bunch of Christians who were telling me how evil I was and wrong I was and that I need to do better research and understand God. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I thought this was an opinion based thing. Like you said, what do you think about this? Right. And I'm like, well, this is what I think, <laughs> but it was a lure, you know, see what people say and then cut you down. This is why I have problems with so many Christians in, in some of this particular aspect of it. You know, there, these are the, the, stone cold extremists basically mm. that act like this. And I know like you had said uh, earlier today, actually uh, before this recording um, you had mentioned that we're probably going to get people talking about this or <laughs> making comments on it. Like, yeah, you're probably right. But here's the thing, dude, like, and I know I've said this before, but there's these people like in this case, Christians who are extremists who believe that if you don't take the Bible exactly word for word for word for word and believe exactly what they believe, in this case, that the Nephilim are completely evil, then we're damned to hell. We're, that's it, just the end. But the truth, that's like so far from the truth. Like the truth is that the only thing God commands fully is that you believe and accept him mm. as Savior. And then if you do that, following his commands come naturally. But it's not a command to say that everything that God, you know, talks about is evil or this or that. So, like, in this case, like, if since I'm saying that maybe these Nephilim were this or that, or maybe this is the reason behind it, that speculation has absolutely nothing to do with one's salvation. Like you right. can believe whatever you want about the Nephilim. That's not going to change how God sees you or accepts you into the kingdom as long as you believe and follow the commands of God based on the regulations of salvation and beyond that. So it's just, I don't know. I don't get those people sometimes when they drive me crazy, <laughs> those particular folks. But, um, what I find funny yeah. is that it was a video game that got you <laughs> rolling with Dude, this thought. It, so many, I, it's, I know it's weird. <laughs> so many different connections. And I mean, thinking I was like, all right, now I got to jump on the internet and start doing some research and jump into some books and see what's going on. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just thought it'd be interesting to bring it up and talk to you about it. Cause you know, I don't know. <laughs> we could have like, by no means am I saying, Oh, this is, this is what I believe. 
Because the fact is, I don't know what to believe regarding the Nephilim right. anymore. There's so many different opinions and thoughts and studies and researchers out there, but no one knows the truth because it's such a small fragment in that part of scripture that you really have to like be there to understand it. And yes, the Nephilim is mentioned again throughout the Old Testament. The Old Testament's full of the Nephilim, um, but it's so sparse in the understanding of who and what the Nephilim were. Like people still debate whether or not it was really angels that came to earth mm. and, you know, bore them. Or was it uh, people who are God, godly people, you know, people who uh, worship God, but then went to pagan cities and married the pagans. And then their children became pagans and started these occult practices and things like that. You know, there's so many different views on there. The fact is no one knows. <laughs> right. Well, the, I can't remember is, is the passage the sons of God mated with mm. the daughters of man. Yeah, roughly something okay. like that. But yeah, <laughs> the sons of God. Um, and it's commonly believed based on the Hebrew text that the sons of God are always representative of angels, of angels. Okay. through the old Testament, through the old Testament. It's not until the new Testament that sons of God is then referred to as humankind. And in this case, the son of God, Jesus Christ. Uh, and then Jesus talks about uh, people becoming the sons and daughters Oh, okay. Of God. So the, the term sons in Hebrew uh, is different from that, which is Aramaic and Greek, which the New Testament is written of. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I was going to, I was going to say, cause you brought up, maybe it was godly men or, or people of faith mating with pagans. And <laughs> now that you explain it from the, the <laughs> language it was written in, I, I guess I couldn't really be confused because of the translation, but yeah. Well, and one of the easiest ways to see that in the old Testament, because sons of God isn't used that often. Right. But one of the primary times that I think everybody sees sons of God is in the book of Job. In the, the beginning of the book of Job, it says the sons of God, uh, came to, came to, to God. And I'm paraphrasing here, guys, everybody <laughs> who is listening, but just I'm paraphrasing here. Um, but the sons of God came to, came to God, and with them was Satan. And we know that in that particular uh, instance, the sons of God were angels looking for what God's commands were, what was the next task. And then before them was Satan as well. And he said, Satan, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know, you don't really belong here. What are you doing in my throne room? So, yeah, we, when you look at this, the whole term sons of God through the Old Testament, it always seems to refer to angels. Okay. Well, then I would guess that's what they're saying, but who really knows? No, you're, I mean, it's true. Like who really knows, but you know, and, and <laughs> the other thing, actually I, I should bring this up. To, I don't have to bring this up. I thought it'd be interesting because I literally just looked at it and it dawned on me. <laughs> so many people think the Leviathan is a whale. Which it could be, you know, some of the you know, back that, you know, back then a lot of the scripture was poetry. Mm-hmm. And so using terms like lightning and smoke and things like that could be a blowhole, you know, spewing water or whatever like that. But the problem with that is they use the term Leviathan, which typically doesn't really mean whale back uh, in that ancient term of the Hebrew word. Uh, but then in the book of, uh, Jonah, 
a whale is spoken of as a great fish, not a leviathan. Right. Which is interesting. So that would have to suggest that the leviathan is still something different than a whale or a large fish. It's something <laughs> different. Dragon-like, lizard-like, who knows, you know? Sea creature is some sort. Well, do you know what the actual translation is for Leviathan? There is several translations. Um, I'll read a couple here. So, according to the Jewish Encyclopedia, uh, the name Leviathan uh, basically has a root denoting coil or twist. And then the behemoth basically means beast. And that one is like more of the plural aspect of it. Like it could be, who knows? It's just beast or beasts or the behemoth. Um, so it certainly seems that the Leviathan tends to more so, when, depending on the translation and how you're translating it, basically means serpent of some sort. Right. Well, uh, when you think of serpent, you don't think whale. So that's why I was trying to figure out what the actual translation was. Yeah. Uh, which again goes like, could it be an alligator or could it be something else then? Cause I mean, obviously crocodiles, they have a tendency. If you watch them move, they kind of have this coiling type of, uh, twisting action, mm-hmm. especially when they're destroying something or eating something, they twist and turn and spin. Um, and they move kind of like that too. So they could still be an ancient crocodile, but it can also very well be something different that we don't know. We, there's just no evidence of anymore. Right, because, I mean, the the term serpent back then could have meant lizard as well as snake. Yeah, I mean, we, we see in uh, the garden that Lucifer showed up as a serpent, mm-hmm. a snake. So there's so many different, <laughs> there's so many broad meanings behind some of these words, but it also helps to denote what it could be. Like, I mean, right. it's, yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. I I, I just thought it was funny that you had brought up the comment because I had told you that uh, Jerry had made the the comment on Facebook, too, because, I mean, just because, like I said earlier, just because these these beings were fathered by the fallen doesn't necessarily mean that denoted that they were evil or, or hate hateful or anything in any sort of a way other than the ones that uh, bred with the tribes that ended up having a, a Nephilim lineage. Right. Yeah. I wish I would have seen her post. I didn't see her post that. So I was, it's funny because you thought that I brought it up because I had seen the post. And like, Oh, I, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I just, I was playing a video game. <laughs> Well, now, is it believed that that, that those tribes were killing innocents or anything like that as to why they were considered evil? Does it say in the Bible at all? It does. I mean, there's uh, discussions of some of the tribes that were giving in the human sacrifice and different arts and things like that, like arts and whatnot. So there's hints as to some of the things, but again, it doesn't often go into great detail uh, for, for groups, people, groups, it'll go into details for certain individuals, but not necessarily a whole group. Uh, So you really have to study, I guess the word in a, in the whole or 
as a whole part as opposed to small segments uh, and then break it down and figure out, okay, well, what was really happening here, you know, for this to happen or what were these people group really made of? Uh, And the biggest thing that indicates that they were of the Nephilim origin was the fact that they were giants and that some of these giants weren't as big as the originals, but they were still relative uh, size compared to the Jews at the time. Uh, Because I think the average uh, Hebrews back then were like five three to five five, relatively short. Right. So I mean, I've heard that they believe Jesus was only like five two or five three something. I mean, it's possible. You know, we don't really know, but it's possible, which would explain why even someone of normal size, or at least an American size, six feet average, Mm -hmm. five five eight to six feet, would be a giant. To some of them, people to some of them, you know, um, but again, I mean, it, we really don't know because there's there's so many years that pass between the flood and then the New Testament that we just don't know how far the corruption spread or when it was destroyed. And again, there's people out there who believe that the Nephilim still exists today and that it still thrives in the bloodstream of some people. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that. I think that. I mean, it's God. He did what he had to do to snuff out that, you know, and who knows? Could Satan do it again? It's possible. It's also, but it's also clear that those angels that fell and did what they did, uh, God says that he locked them into, locked them in darkness until the appointed time of judgment. So those angels are no longer around to do what they did. They're somewhere within the depths of hell waiting. Interesting stuff. Anything further that you wanted to mention? No, I don't think so. I just <laughs> wanted to share that. Some some thoughts. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope that uh, everybody's enjoyed the bonus episode. Like I said on the last episode for the series there that we just did next week will be our 200th episode with a very special co-host. So stay tuned for that. And until next week, I'm Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. All right. All right.
You think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> no, right.